You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer! Toss on off the first in time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host, Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill back with you as, uh, well, we'll talk about the game in a moment last night over the Mariners fall to the A's in game one of this four game series. Before we get to that, a little housekeeping. So next week is the all-star break. So the podcast is going to take a break during the all-star break. There'll probably be one on Monday to wrap up the weekend. I'm not sure what time it will be out. We've been a little later this week for a variety of reasons, but we should get back on normal schedule after the All-Star break. But look for one on Monday and perhaps one towards the end of the week, and we'll play it by ear. Uh, I'll be out of town, so it's not really predictable. But uh, one on, look for one on Monday, perhaps one towards the end of the week as – Oh, the Mariners could use three big days here before the All-Star break, and we're getting to a critical point in the Mariners' season. And I say that not because mathematically, you know, they're up against the wall or anything like that. It just becomes to the point where when you're looking up at a handful of teams, you don't want to get in a position where you need that seven- or eight-game winning streak to kind of vault yourself back uh, past teams. Mariners now have lost four in a row. 41 and 46 that are now slipped behind you know, the wild card leaders, the Yankees, who are now just a half game ahead of the Royals, who have won four in a row. And then you have the Twins, the Rays, Angels, Rangers, and Mariners, and then Baltimore and Toronto behind the M's. But M's now staring up at four teams just to get to that second wild card spot. So that's why as we get to the All Star break, it becomes. Pretty critical juncture of the season, especially when you know you're staring at a really difficult August with just not a lot of home games. On the road, a ton, and that is not going to be an easy schedule. Mariners could really use a nice streak here, just 2-8 and eight in their past 10 ball games. Kansas City playing some great baseball. Yankees kind of hovering right now. Uh, Tampa Bay has been playing really well uh, as of late. Minnesota's just hanging around as well. Angels continue to tread water until Trout comes back, and Texas kind of up and down as well. So that's the situation coming into the weekend where the Mariners continue their series with the Oakland A's. And last night was just kind of a continuation where uh, they've been jumped on early in ball games, and Gavilio has been outstanding this season, but uh, A's get to him for three early. Mariners find themselves down. And, you know, at some point they're at 7 nothing. The A's a 7 nothing lead. Mariners get one back in the fifth inning. Good to see Hanniger going the other way with the blast. The 2-1 to Hanniger swing and a fly ball into right field and deep going back. Joyce to the one-y track to the wall, leaps up, and does he make the catch? 
No, he doesn't. Goodbye, baseball. Into the front row in straightaway right field. An opposite field home run for Mitch Hanniger. His seventh home run of the season. A double in the third. A home run in the fifth. And Hanniger's bat is heating up tonight against the Oakland A's. And the Mariners finally get on the board. It's the A's seven. And the Mariners won on Hanniger's seventh home run of the season. And then the Mariners fight back. They put a three spot on the board in the ninth. The 2-1 pitch. Swing and a drive deep into the gap in left center field. This one is going and going. Goodbye baseball. Danny Valencia with his ninth home run of the season. A three-run home run here in the bottom of the ninth. And it's now the A's seven and the Mariners four. It ain't over yet. But just too late as they fall 7-4 to four to the Oakland A's in game one of the series. Gavilio, seven earned runs and four and two-thirds. Gallardo, really good out of the pen, four and a third, one hit, no runs, a couple walks, and four strikeouts. So that's where we are. Coming up on this podcast, we're going to check in with Modesto. Keaton Galogli is going to join us from Modesto. We're going to check in with how the Nuts are doing. Also, he has a fun conversation with Braden Bishop, former University of Washington outfielder, an all-star this year, all-star MVP, having a great year. And he talks about his connection to one Mariner in particular. So that will come up in a few minutes. Uh, Right now, though, let's hear from Scott Service after what was a disappointing night last night. Yeah, not much much to say about that game. Um, You know, we got out. You know, Sam Gavilia wasn't sharp, obviously, in the first inning, and uh, you know, tried to get him, you know, get it going uh, a little bit through the middle innings, and you know, he ran into trouble in the fifth as well. And you know, offensively, we just didn't get much going at all uh, until late. So, um, you know, again, uh, you know, not a good ball game. Um, you know, we got to get it going. Um, there's just there's not a whole lot to say about it. We got beat. Um, you know, just didn't play a good game. Well, you know, he's a young guy you don't know a ton about, but, you know, I thought, um, you know, he pitched, pitched a good ball game. He got good results. You have to give him credit for that. Um, you know, it wasn't our best game, obviously, you know, offensively. Uh, helped him out a little bit, but, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. We, we got to start uh, playing base, better baseball. Uh, we're just a uh, you know, tough start tonight to the game, uh, tough start last night to the game, and, you know, uh, we've, we've got to pick it up. Everybody, players, coaches, myself, uh, we got to get it going in the right direction. No, um, you know we we are giving them a lot of free outs away uh, on the bases. Um, you know, center fielder, you know, throwing out Hanniger at third, and then you know the the pickoff there when you're down, um, you know, three to nothing. So um, we're kind of doing it to ourselves. Uh, we're better than this, and but you know, uh, there's only one way out. Is is we got to figure it out. We got to get after it and. Uh, you know, starts tomorrow. Was Sam having location problems? Yes, yeah, he, he did fall behind the count a little bit. Um, wasn't sharp tonight, um, but we've seen him not be sharp early in games and kind of figure out a way to get through, you know, five or six innings. Uh, you know, tonight didn't happen for him. Yeah, Mitch Mitch did swing the bat better tonight. Uh, obviously, Segura had a very good night. Uh, swung the bat well. Uh, you know, Valencia hit the home run late, but yeah, it was good to see out of Hanniger. 
um, you know, on some fastballs and, and drove the ball uh, much better tonight. Coming back in two, three on yeah, I really did tip my hat to Giovanni, um, you know, to, to throw three innings uh, a couple days ago and then in the game tonight, taking the ball and running with it. Says a lot uh, about the pro that he is and, uh, you know, much appreciated. He's throwing the ball much better. Stuff's been good. Um, he's been going right after guys. Um, got all of his pitches working, uh, which has been, been good to see. Can you take his way back into the uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, obviously, we've got uh, a lot of season ahead of us. Um, you know, it's nice to see that he's continuing to work, uh, taking his craft seriously. He's a veteran guy. He's not, you know, packing it in by any means, and he knows he's still got a valuable role on this club, and I certainly appreciate what he did tonight. No two ways about it tonight now. James Paxton on the hill, and this is a big one. The Mariners have the A's for three starting tonight before the All-Star break. Paxton will take the mound. They could really use a strong start, especially a couple zeros on the board Early in this ball game, six and three, three two seven ERA. It's not going to be easy though. Shamanaya has been very good, quietly very good this season. Seven and four, a three seven five ERA. Lefties in particular have had a lot of problems against Manaya. Teams have not hit him well in terms of average. He does from time to time lose control with base on balls. Uh, we'll see if the Mariners can take advantage of that, but it's not going to be easy tonight. Manaya's very good. Saturday, uh, the A's have had to scratch their starter. Gerald Cotton was going to get the call. He's dealing with blisters. And it looks like Chris Smith is going to get the call and make his not only first start of the season, but his debut this year. He has spent some time in the big leagues the past few seasons, 1-0 with a 4-5-8 ERA, but get his uh, major league debut this season. Andrew Moore, who is coming off of an eight-inning beauty. Mariners lost the game, but he was great. One and one with a 3-6-0 ERA will get the call on Saturday. And then on Sunday, the finale before the All-Star break. This is obviously an all-hands-on-deck situation with the break coming. Felix Hernandez will get the ball. He'll try and bounce back from a rough start. Three and three, five-zero-four ERA. And then on the other side of things for the Oakland A's, another youngster, Daniel Gossett, a righty. Will take the ball. He's one and three with a 6-2-3 ERA and just five starts. He's made his major league debut as well this year. Of course, the A's can say that about a lot of guys making their major league debuts this year. So there you have it. You're all set for what is a pretty big weekend for the Mariners at home, taking on the A's, trying to turn things around, especially at home. They could use uh, a couple of these three. A sweep would be beautiful. So we'll see what happens this weekend, and we'll talk about it on Monday. And now here's Keaton Gologly. Well, Keaton, it's fun to talk again. It's been a little while, so you get to update us on everything going on with the nuts. But I'm going to start with an interview that we're going to hear in a few minutes. You had a chance to sit down with Braden Bishop, former University of Washington standout. And what a season he is having. I mean, he's doing it all. He's hitting for average. He's mixed in 20 doubles. He's stealing bases. Great defense. Was an all-star. What have you seen from Bishop on a daily basis? 
Well, really, Braden Bishop has been uh, remarkably consistent. I mean, that's one of the things that's stuck out so far throughout this season. He really hasn't had many dips at all. I mean, he's batting over 300 again, and he's got his uh, he's got his slugging percentage up over uh, 400 near the 450s, and he's been leading the league in on-base percentage as well. Been walking a lot, setting the table out of the leadoff spot every day, and it's just that consistency he's bringing uh, every single day. And uh, the interview, which you'll hear a little bit later, is pretty interesting. Uh, He's got a relationship with Mitch Hanniger uh, that goes back to high school since they're both from the Bay Area. Um, and he got some advice from Mitch Hanniger that had really helped him coming into this season. And he really did want to kind of drive the ball a little bit more. Um, he's another another guy that uh, is kind of in the school of thought of uh, focusing on some exit velocity and, and launch angle stuff. And, and there's a couple guys on the team now um, that are looking at that where he's not trying, you know, he's a speedster. So naturally you'd think he'd want to just be putting the ball on the ground and getting it in play and trying to let his legs do the work. But yeah, what he's been trying to do is drive the ball with a little more authority, not over the wall, but just over the infield, you know, trying to hit those line drives over the middle infielders heads, get that ball into the gap. And with his speed, if he hits a line drive, that's not right at an outfielder. You know, he's able to push some of those singles into doubles. So, you know, he's maybe not showing power by banging doubles off the wall, but showing power by hitting the ball hard into a gap, able to stretch what some, some guys have as a single into a double, and then, you know, he's stealing a few bases. So that's going to add some um, to some of the bases you're eating up on the base paths. So, yeah, he's been a lot of fun to watch um, and a guy who really works his tail off. And he had a lot of fun at the All-Star game. Uh, you'll hear a little bit about that as well. But, you know, he went into that just really enjoying himself and wanted to take the opportunity to kind of showcase what he can do. Stole a couple bases. He was the only guy to steal any bases and had a chance to play the whole game. And, uh, you know, it, he had a lot of fun uh, despite the weather, which was uh, 110 in Visalia that day for the All-Star game. But uh, other than that, he had a lot of fun, and uh, and he's had a really, really great year out of the leadoff spot for us. Wow, that's great. And obviously a big key to what is going on with Modesto. You won the first half and in first place in the second half. And along with Bishop, what else has been the keys for Modesto this year? Well, right now the the pitching's been uh, pretty absurd at the moment. We just saw another great start from Nathan Bannister, who was a guy drafted from the University of Arizona last year and made his pro debut this year because of an injury a season ago. So he threw eight shutout innings uh, last night for us. And then uh, at this point now, we've seen the starting rotation over the last 11 games throw to a 172 ERA here in the Cal League now and in the first week of July where – yeah, everywhere across baseball, offense is picking up, and we're watching the pitching staff um, throw its best right now. Uh, and we're watching guys be very efficient. Guys are working into the seventh and eighth innings. We just saw our first complete game a couple of days ago with Reggie McLean out of the mound, uh, a 2016 draft pick out of the University of Missouri. Um, and we're watching guys be really, really efficient on the mound. I mean, we're we're seeing guys going 10 to 12 pitches an inning, and they're going up on the mound, they're getting the ball from the catcher, and they're throwing. They're not wasting time. You know, guys are working really quickly. The tempo that we've seen has been really impressive, and it, everything's been starting with these guys' fastballs. Uh, they're putting the fastball where they want to, and when you can do that, your secondary stuff plays up. And so we've watched some really good uh, starting pitching. And then on top of that, uh, we've seen a couple of guys really start to jump out uh, in the bullpen. We haven't really seen any promotions out of our bullpen all season long. And so now we're seeing guys who came in and had some big tools really start to refine that and harness that a little bit this year. Uh, Art Warren is a guy that sticks out. He touched 98 the other day. Mm. 
uh, in front of a 5,500-person crowd um, at home in Modesto at John Thurman Field. So we had a big crowd there on July 3rd. That had him amped up a little bit when I talked to him the day after. And, yeah, he was touching 97, 98. So usually he sits 94, 95, and that's a big-time fastball with a very good breaking ball. And then another guy is Lucas Schiraldi out of the bullpen. He's a guy throwing 95 with a, a really nasty overhand curveball. And his curveball gets – the most swings and misses on the team out of any any of the stuff, any weapons from any guy in the bullpen and the starting rotation. And uh, we know that because one odd thing or one different thing, I should say, uh, that the Mariners staff does and, uh, and that the coaching staff does is they get a lot of the um, kind of advanced stats on some pitching stuff, which they'll post in the clubhouse you know, every week or, or 10 days or so that just has – what the swing percentage, uh, the swing and miss percentage is on each of your pitches for a pitcher, um, just how often you get guys chasing out of the zone, those types of stats that uh, just kind of allow you to put some numbers to your stuff. And for the guys, some of them look at it, some of it, some of them don't. For some of them, you know, one number is is interesting that kind of jumps out, and a lot of times it just gives you numbers to something you already knew. I mean, we already knew Shiraldi's breaking ball was good, but now I can tell you with 100 percent confidence and certainty that that curveball is the most swung at and missed pitch out of the nuts rotation and you really see it and a lot of that credit comes down to uh, the pitching coach Pete Woodworth who uh, has really kind of refined these guys uh, mechanics and as a result we're seeing guys much smoother and uh, much more efficient and the stuff which you saw at the beginning of the year is now really starting to jump and uh, you know especially when it comes to the bullpen those are the guys that can move really really quickly through a system and there's two guys right now and Art Warren and Lucas Chiraldi, they're throwing mid-90s and dropping a couple of breaking balls that are turning into a lot of strikeouts. And if the name Chiraldi sounds familiar, Calvin Chiraldi, his father, former big league pitcher with the Boston Red Sox. So uh, I also, I'm very anxious to talk to you about Nick Neidert, who you look at his numbers in, in this league, a 309 ERA. He's fanned 92 and just over 87 innings. His whip is 1.05. Great numbers on their own, but great numbers for that league in particular. Has he been as impressive as those numbers would indicate? Uh, yes. Uh, this is a kid who's only 20 years old, very mature, uh, very outgoing, and very congenial. Uh, he's throwing in the low 90s right now, and he's a guy who there's not a lot of projection left on him. He's not going to put out a bunch of weight and jump in velocity. Uh, you know, that fastball and his changeup are, are pretty much fully developed at this point. And uh, last year when he was in Clinton, he had some good numbers but wasn't striking a lot of guys out. And he was mostly just getting guys out with one pitch. It was just his fastball. And because he has such remarkable command of that fastball, you can get a lot of outs in A ball, both in low A and advanced A, which is the level the nuts are at right now. And when you're doing that, you're going to get a lot of swings and misses in A ball. But as soon as you get to double A, that jump from advanced A to double A is huge. And you're not going to be getting those outs. So coming into this year, the big focus for Nidert was to develop the slider. Uh, talking to Pete Woodworth again about it, uh, he had Nick Nidert last year in Clinton uh, as the pitching coach there. He gets him again here this season. And they were working really hard on his slide. All through the all through spring training and coming into this year, and that's something that's been getting better and better. And one thing, when you look at the numbers, you mentioned his strikeout numbers. Uh, he's a guy where you've seen the strikeout numbers really jump this year, and you don't always see that in the minor leagues. And a lot of times, that's one of those numbers that really never changes. I mean, you can see a guy move up the ranks, but for the most part, if you really follow prospects, uh, you don't see jumps in 
strikeout rate going up, and you don't usually see walk rates going down. Usually a guy's command is kind of his command uh, throughout pro baseball, but the strikeout numbers have jumped in a big way, and it's been because of that slider. Uh, when you can spot up a fastball and a changeup, then uh, then that slider can play up in a big way, and that changeup has a chance to be a plus pitch. I mean, Neidert's probably not going to be a front-of-the-rotation guy, but uh, with his work ethic, with the durability we've already seen from him, uh, with with the way he's been slowly built up in his innings because uh, last year he didn't pitch in April. They just kept him down and extended spring training. They could limit his innings that way. Then they can send him out and let him go to work and really pitch. I mean, they, uh, one thing the Mariners have done uh, with their pitching staff that I've been able to witness now uh, is is they want these guys to be able to pitch and really make them feel like they're getting their start day. They've avoided some of those piggyback rotations where you've got one guy coming in for four innings and another guy following him for four innings, and then they flip who's actually starting the game. Uh, but for Nider, you know, he's had the opportunity to really get after it. We've seen him throw seven and eight innings this year, work his way through a rotation three and four times with those same three pitches and that's the type of uh, development that once you get through that, and as we see Nider uh, elevate toward the end of this year and in the next year into the the upper minor leagues, you know that's that's when you can start moving pretty quickly. And uh, although he's not he's not going to be a you know Felix Hernandez and a front of the line kind of big ace rotation guy, but he's the kind of guy that you could end up seeing who's putting in 200 innings a year and ends up becoming just a stalwart in the in the rotation for a long, long time because he doesn't have a huge fastball. It's in the low 90s. He commands it, and that changeup is plus-plus, and uh, he's got a chance to be really, really good. Well, it's been a great season for you guys so far. Winners of the first half by three games, leading in the second half. So map out how the playoffs work. If you win the second half, are you in the Cal League Championship? Uh, if we win the second half, we just get more bragging rights, and everybody's really happy about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, they they do it uh, with only eight teams in the Cal League. Uh, they have four of those teams making the playoffs. Uh, the first half division champion takes it. Uh, takes a playoff spot. The second half division champion uh, takes a playoff spot. So it's a north and south, two out of those. Um, and then the first and second half titles out of the second half will play each other. If the Nuts are to win the second half, then it comes down to the best overall record ah, behind the Nuts. Okay. Um, so that could be any one of three teams. And uh, and then it's two best of five series. The Nuts will have the, uh, have the tiebreaker or the uh, home field advantage in the first round if they have the best overall record so they're actually still playing something for right now uh, uh if they do have the best overall record then they would get the potential winner take all game five um, in the divisional series and then in the championship series it alternates each year which division uh has the advantage in this year to the north division so nice. the championship series we'd go to the south for two games and then come back north for potentially three games in september well, sounds good. I, uh, I hope Modesto gets there, and we'll definitely be checking in. Thanks for uh, taking the time again. It's always fun to chat, and, boy, it's fun to watch from afar the season you guys are having. It looks like a fun one so far. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, Gary. It's a lot of fun to talk to these, to these guys, and it's been a lot of fun getting to know the Mariners organization. I've been in four different major league uh, organizations, minor league systems now, um, and you know, not to knock what I've seen out of other places, but I've really had a, a great opportunity to get to know a lot of guys and meet meet some of the legends. You know, meet Alvin Davis and meet Dan Wilson and meet these guys, and interview them and talk to them about the Mariners and about the way they bring these guys along. and And it's been a real treat. I mean, there's a lot of really really great guys and uh, and some women uh, who are are rovers as well. Uh, that have had the I've had the opportunity to meet, and it's been a lot of fun to get to know the Mariners organization so far. Keaton Gologly alongside Braden Bishop, Nuts outfielder and All-Star Game MVP. And Braden, what was the experience like going down to Visalia and playing in the All-Star Game? 
Uh, I mean, it was definitely an honor, you know, playing alongside some of the best, you know, prospects in baseball and obviously some of the best in the Cal League. Um, so it was definitely an honor. Uh, I learned a lot and tried to soak up as much info as possible. Yeah, what were some of the conversations like uh, with some of the other All-Stars, and how was it meeting some of the other top prospects around the league? You know, it was really uh, pretty special. You know, I got to hear a lot of stories, you know, from throughout the first half, you know, what pitchers uh, got what hitters out on what pitches, you know, talking approach and mentality with uh, different hitters throughout the league, you know, just kind of comparing and contrasting, you know, where I'm at and where they're at. Uh, and then obviously just trying to take little nuggets from, you know, those guys because it's obviously working and trying to build my repertoire. Oh, what was the atmosphere at that ball game like? It was pretty cool. You know, I, I think when you have such a great group of guys, uh, so much talent, you know, pretty electric pitching, it was pretty cool. You know, I, I learned a lot. You know, I got to face some really good arms. Uh, and saw some pitches that I hadn't seen so far. I, don't even, I didn't even know they existed. So it was definitely an experience for sure. Well, there's another uh, Bay Area native. Is your Bay Area native as well? And uh, Mitch Haniger is having a great rookie season with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, what is your relationship with Mitch like? You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, I, he was a senior uh, at Archbishop Mitty, and I was a freshman at St. Francis in Mountain View. And... Uh, I got to see him play in the playoffs uh, when I went up to varsity for just a little bit, and you know, that guy was a stud, and he, you know, he played the game the right way and handles his business the right way. Uh, so it was cool, you know, during spring training, get to interact a little bit and ask him about his career so far and some of the changes he's made along the way. Uh, talked hitting a lot, you know, I love his philosophy and you know what he believes and how he approaches uh, his swing. Uh, so I just try to you know, pick his brain and see what he was thinking, see if I can implement it in my game because uh, I love the way he plays. Uh, what have you been able to implement in your game from those conversations? You know, I think our biggest thing was just getting uh, your body in, in the right position to hit. You know, there's this big thing going, I'll hit the ball in the air, or don't swing down, stuff like that. And obviously you put yourself in uh, the right position to hit, you're going to drive the ball. And that obviously is through there. So... It was just about driving the ball, you know, getting your body in a position to hit multiple pitches and different counts. Uh, but, you know, Mitch definitely knows his stuff, and obviously it's paying off and showing on the field. And for you, we've seen some improvements at the plate as well. Already uh, double the amount of doubles you have this year compared to last season. What have you done to hit the ball a little harder this year? You know, I think that's that was the biggest thing, just getting my body in a position to hit. Uh, different pitches and be able to drive them, you know, not be so passive and have a lot more intent uh, within my swings, you know, and also getting myself into some better counts uh, so I can get some pitches to drive, you know, not being overly aggressive early. Uh, so hopefully I can get myself into a hitter's count and get a pitch uh, up in the zone and drive it. Over the last two years, there's been a big emphasis uh, in the mental side of the game within the Mariners organization. Uh, how has that helped your uh, your development? Oh, it's huge. You know, I, I think at a certain point, you know, you kind of got to trust the physical tools, uh, the work that you've put in up to this point, um, and then the mental game takes over. You know, it's more approach and mentality based uh, because there's so many games and you take so many at-bats, there's so many ups and downs that you got to have something that keeps you even, 
uh, keeps you consistent. I truly believe that uh, starts with your mind and your mentality. Finally, an alum of the University of Washington. Uh, did that make it any more special to get drafted by the Mariners? Oh, yeah. It was a pretty surreal day. You know, hearing my name called is an honor and a blessing, but to have it be from the team that's 10 minutes down the highway is truly something else, you know, and to have a lot of the same fans, um, the Mariners uh, are, you know, pretty special to be a part of their organization and, you know, to interact with the same people that I did in college. Braden, really appreciate the time and see you up in Seattle soon. Thank you. For Nuts Outfielder, Braden Bishop, I'm Keaton Gilogley.